Warning, the following podcast contains spookiness for this entire month, so you'll never see me coming. Wait. The Ravages of Age. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Shake and Not Nerd Spooktacular October Month Ooh. thing that we've never done before. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> the first annual Spooktacular. <laughs> I am your host, Duderella, and with me on this week's episode is Fuzzy. <laughs> It's already spooky. <laughs> oh, Count Fuzzula. Ha, Count Fuzzula, yes. Ha. There we go. <laughs> That's what I shall be known as for the entirety of Spooktober. One, two, three fuzzy balls. <laughs> and the uh, man I do who's love <laughs> helping fuzzy balls is Footlong's Monster. <laughs> <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> I can't think of horror names except for Duderella. <laughs> the invisible pest? I don't know. I got nothing. The invisible Johnson. No, no. <laughs> Footlong's monster sounds perfect. <laughs> Ew. Uh, how are we, lads? It's it's only the three of us this week. How are we? What's what's been what's been shaking, Fuzzy? We we did well. We all did some live streaming during the week on on we did shaking not nerd page. We played uh, uh, Among Us. That was the one. It was a spooky game. It was like <laughs> it was aliens meet the thing meets secret Hitler. Yes, it was. It was a lot of fun. I I think that game is is all about the lies, um, lies, lies, but a lot of love, and uh, I very much enjoyed it. I th- I'm looking forward to lying my way through that again. Yeah. Um, and I found that <laughs> there's just no trust whatsoever. No matter what goes on, you can't trust anybody in that game, and that's the best part about I it. I realised so. that when I got voted out for um, talking, or not talking. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, man, See, you got you got to start the game not talking. That's how you say, isn't it? <laughs> you either talk or you don't talk, and then that's, you know, that, 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 either way. Either fine. way, folks. Yes, but uh, I'm sure we'll be playing that again because it was brutally fun. Yes, yes, it was <clears throat> It was pretty good fun. Uh, I I think I think there was one round where I just voted an emergency meeting and just went, it was fuzzy, but I typed it, and I'm like, my mic's broken, it's fuzzy. And they vote fuzzy out, and he was a killer. I'm like, no, I just wanted to vote fuzzy out. <laughs> Just, you just guessed that. Just that guessed. was just, oh yeah, yeah. That was a complete guess. I saw you walk past it. It was fuzzy. <laughs> it was him. Uh, I was convinced at one stage it was Tom, and I completely mistook him for somebody else, and got everyone to vote Tom out. That was quite fun. <laughs> um. Well, yes, it, uh, it's been it's been fun, but um, as, as as you can see by the logo on your podcasting app, unless it's Apple, because Apple doesn't update the photos every episode, which is fucking weird. We're doing Spooktober, where each month we are taking a look at horror films, whether they're slashes, whether they're comedies, whether they're anything to do with blood, guts, and a killer of some form. Something to do with October. Uh, we're going to be talking about it, but the movie will be picked by you in our Facebook listener community. And this week's movie has been picked by the very people 
whom were the killers when they said they weren't in Among Us? And that's the miscellaneous guys. Never trust mm. them. Even when it was the Shaker Not Nerd, I knew it was the miscellaneous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that miscellaneous guys getting up to the old spooky tricks. Um, but before we get on to that, guys, it's time for the news. Up in the sky, look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's a top ten news Okay, number 10's piece of news is the Borat sequel is officially announced. It's coming to Amazon Prime. There is a trailer, and uh, the title of the film is Borat, Gift of Pornographic Monkey to Vice Premier Michael Pence to make benefit recently diminished nation of Kazakhstan. (laughs) And my food has arrived. Discuss. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this looks awesome. I'm very excited for this. It was surprisingly announced, and it's it's dropping uh, at the end of the month, isn't it? It's really soon. Yeah, it's surprising how quick this has gone from like it's a rumor to here's the rumor title to oh it it might get bought by one of these uh, streaming chains to here it is. Yeah, and it, I think it was uh, it's coming on Amazon, but it's um, and, and it just looks great. And there's so much stuff that's come out in this. There was a um, a surprise. Uh, I think it was a Donald Trump impersonator that showed up at a Mike Pence rally yeah. earlier this year that has since been revealed to be Sasha Baron Cohen. Um, so there's a bunch of stuff in here, and apparently, like I'm just waiting for all the juicy stuff that they haven't put in the trailer. Yeah, because I guarantee you, there's a bunch of people right now absolutely shitting bricks <laughs> for sure, <laughs> for sure. Like that's 100 percent what his thing is, right? It's just like piss people off without them realizing. <clears throat> yes, absolutely. And like, I mean, he did that TV show uh, last year or the year before, and it kind of worked out, but it kind of didn't. It was just, it was very small scale. Yeah. So hopefully he's back to his old tricks. Hopefully it's Well, people love that show. Scale. I didn't really watch it, but it did like really quite well, I thought. It was severely okay. <laughs> you, could say, well, look, you could say that about, about all of Sesh Carabolian. <laughs> if you say it really fast, it doesn't matter if I mess up his name. Szechuan, Szechuan, Bataille, Bataille. Szechuan, Coxus, Baron. I think there's um, there's a lot of a lot of stuff that really works in those shows. There's a, a good five minutes, but the other 20, 25 minutes is, is kind of drags a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah, and and that's the same with some of his movies as well. Like, yeah, there's some really good stuff in there, but the other stuff either doesn't land or it's just a bit weird. So, yeah, yeah, I, I think it's that uncomfortableness that you get prior to, to everything going through. And this is getting released like what two weeks before um, the uh, the elections for America. So it's, it's going perfect to be very interesting. Yeah, I think he must have recorded this really soon as well because you know it talks about COVID and everything in here, so. It's very topical oh, yeah. still, so he must have like produced it, put it together really quickly. Yep, yeah, it uh, it does look like uh, it's going to be a lot of fun though. So, yes, please give it to me now, Yakshimash. <laughs> Duty, how do you feel right. about your wife? <laughs> He's not back yet. <laughs> yeah, apparently not. <laughs> We're just going to keep talking. Um, do you want to guess the number nine piece of news? Right. Can we guess? Let's guess that 
Number nine. Coming in at number nine, we've got Borat 3. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about one of the other trailers that, that we were going to talk about. I know it's in there on the list. What? I think it said, I'm coming. Right, I'm back. Yeah, so Borat, right, guys? <laughs> yeah, it's great. We finished talking about Borat. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Sorry. Um, moving on to the next piece of news. <laughs> Number nine. All right, guys, a sequel to the live-action Lion King movie is coming, and it's going to be directed by Barry Jenkins, the director of Moonlight and the TV show Dear White People. Um, I don't know why they're making a sequel to the live-action Lion King, because it sucked. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it sucked. I liked Ian's fake news better than this. <laughs> Ian's fake news. What did I miss? Uh, Borat 3. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I, I think we've, we've made a solid ban of uh, any more Disney live-action remakes on this podcast because after Mulan, no fucking thank you. Uh, they're doing um, fucking what's it called as well? Uh, Hercules. Hercules. Mm. I mean, yeah. no, no thanks. But who's, who's excited for that? <laughs> I mean, Ooh. who's excited for Lion King 2, Simba's Pride or whatever the fuck it was so- called? Yeah, is it a remake of the original cartoon sequel, or is it an entirely new sequel? That's the real question. Um, I don't know. That All they've announced is that it's a Lion King live-action sequel. Yeah, so. filling in for Tom really well. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally all the news. It was like, hey, they're doing a live-action Lion King sequel. It's going to be directed by Barry Jenkins. Cool. Is it going to include Scar's son? Is it going to include the part where Timon uses Pumbaa's ass like a shotgun? What's it gonna use? <laughs> I wouldn't well, be. I, mean, I want to see that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I what Lion King Two Simba's Pride? Yes. Well, mm-hmm. I didn't because uh, nobody did. Nobody did. <gasps> apparently, dude. Yeah, apparently, dude. <laughs> it, it was all right. Uh, I was busy watching the then. Aladdin sequels. Ew. Return of your far. Yeah, and how was what was it, Detective Mouse or whatever it was? Detective Mouse, you mean Basil the Great Mouse Detective? (laughs) Jeez, you never sounded more. Yes, well, we all have our own kinks. (laughs) (laughs) Move along. Number eight. Number eight. Number eight. Number eight. Number eight. Number eight. For number eight piece of news, we've got, of course, The Craft is getting a reboot. Well, sort of like a soft reboot coming from the Blumhouse team. Uh, the trailer is out now, and it looks like it is a soft reboot because there is a photo of one of the original Craft girls in a picture book, and it's got David Duchovny, which is the only draw card. <laughs> what do you think of the trailers, people? I like David Duchovny. It'll be interesting to see if he... <laughs> It'll be interesting to see if he can keep his pants on for more than five minutes in this show. Hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> Why shouldn't he I'm, keep his pants on? I mean, the original was a little bit sort of adult, a little bit kind of creepy. This one doesn't. This one seems like it's a bit more mellow. I remember with the original, there was like uh, fucking people having like their own personal disorders or something like that. Like one of them, like was scared of hair falling out. One of them was scared of. Like their skin burning or something like that, and the and Neve Campbell used their fears against them. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, sure. I don't remember the original very well. It didn't have David Duchovny with our pants on. 
<laughs> That's what it's missing. Yeah. I mean, how good would it be, though, if this was, like, also tied into, like, X-Files and it's David Duchovny retired and... It's, it's his family. <laughs> yes. The witches have found me. It's Mulder and or Scully's family. <laughs> and or Scully. <laughs> you don't know, you don't know which is today. which, do you? <laughs> I've never seen X-Files. Nobody tell him. <laughs> Smolder. Smolder. <laughs> Scrubber. Um, well, yeah, that's a eight, number eight piece of news. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm eating. I'm a little bit hungover. Moving along. You go, I got the Kiwokuro! Number seven. Okay, number seven's piece. Oh, oh. <laughs> you want to swallow that food first? I try. I was like chewing and swallowing so quickly just then. I'm like, oh, this is a short sound effect. Um, <laughs> all right, number seven's piece of news. <laughs> Shut up. I can still hear you swallowing. Okay. <laughs> you got to stop putting food in your mouth. That's the problem. That's how you stop it. <laughs> Take a pause. <laughs> You know that part where you're just not breathing? Just use that part for air and no food. I mean, it's not fun that way. Uh, Rain Wilson, of course, Dwight from The Office, wants to do a Office reunion episode. And as... <coughs> Alright, I'm dropping the food. Have you ever had a bad joke on a pickle before? Alright. Rain Wilson wants to do a office reunion episode and has pitched the idea to Greg Daniels. Um, looks do like everyone's doing Greg everyone's Daniels? doing reunions except for Seinfeld and Friends. Yeah, they don't need to though. <laughs> Seinfeld, they're, they're all like billionaires and they don't give a shit. True. Um, but yeah, Rain Wilson. Remember when he tried to do stuff and nobody wanted it? So <laughs> yeah. now he's going back. He's obviously quite desperate to do that one role that he's known for. What what else has he been? He was in the Meg. He was in the House of a Thousand Corpses, um, and I think he's got some upcoming fucking movie or something, doesn't he? I feel like I saw him in a trailer throughout the week. Sure. Well, it's a trailer um, we're not reporting on, so you know, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Get it elsewhere. Uh, I mean, he did that movie. Uh, he was in Super, which was uh, whoa, that was that was rough. Is that where he got raped by Ellen Page? That is exactly right. It is mm, mm, weird. That movie is uncomfortable. Uh, yes, that whole movie is just weird. Um, but yes, yeah, so, I don't know. I, I'm, I've had enough Rain Wilson. I've had enough of The Office as well. To be completely honest, like I know there's the um, that incredibly popular podcast, The Office Ladies, at the moment, where they um, a couple of ladies from The Office are reviewing episodes. Yeah, it's, um, it's yeah. But, I've had enough. Like, I go back and watch it occasionally, but it's it's one of those things that I, I don't need new stuff or new ways to remind me of something that's, you know, already good. Yeah, I feel like it. it's in that in-between where it still hasn't quite been long enough for me. Yeah. Like well, there was needs- also the actor Stanley wanted to do a spin-off show of his own character from The Office, and he was uh, <laughs> go-funding it or whatever it was fucking called. And then he realised yeah. nobody gave a fuck about their character. <laughs> <laughs> I like Stanley. I like Eric and Stanley's one of my favourites. I prefer him to to Pam. Oh man, 
You should go on. Um, have you guys been on Cameo before and had a look through some of the actors in there? Like, I guarantee you that ninety percent of the cast of The Office is on Cameo, and they've referenced The Office in their bio. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's pretty sad, dude. One of the fucking the the fuck, uh, what's that show that I watched? That shit. Um, Married at First Sight. That's the one. Um, the the barber dude that uses the same gym facilities as me is ask, is on uh, Cameo and he's like, oh, for $45, I wish you a happy birthday. And I'm like, fuck off. $45? Yes. <laughs> yep. I'm like, cool. Okay. Well, But he's yeah. nobody. Yeah, he's a barber and I was in Married at First Sight. Oh, cool. Wow. All right, enjoy. But Office Reunion episode, yeah, it looks like everyone wants to do one. There's, there were talks at what was the one of the award shows most recently, uh, the Emmys or whatever it was with uh, Friends, where like Jennifer Aniston was like Zoom calling in. She's like, oh, sorry, I've just got a couple of friends over and Monica and Phoebe appear on the screen alongside her. It's like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't mind the idea of a reunion episode, especially for The Office because I like The Office, but Friends is just like, Friends has been gone for a while. You guys that's, are just... That's why people want it. <sighs> See, you, what you're not realising is that Friends is better than The Office. Oh, I doubt. Nah, nah. <laughs> I, I prefer Office over Friends, but I also prefer Seinfeld over The Office. Yeah, so you have no taste. Oh. <laughs> oh. How? How dare you? I need to put that on the soundboard. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah, I need to put a lot of that on the soundboard. <laughs> All right, moving along to the next piece of news. Number six. I'm not eating. There's going to be no coughing. Uh, <laughs> Fuzzy's favourite Marvel Avengers character is getting their own TV show on Disney+. Plus. Miss Marvel is coming and will be cast by a newcomer actor. Uh, I, I don't know if I am pronouncing this or not uh, oh, correctly, sorry. Uh, Iman v- Vellani, who is, uh, of course, a new up-and-coming actor. Almost certainly not. Who's <laughs> <laughs> is is an up-and-coming actor, and um, she's going to be playing Miss Marvel, which is Fuzzy's favourite character from the Avengers game. Fuzzy, what's her mm-hmm. powers? What's her abilities? She's, she's Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> but, but a lady. <laughs> fucking stupid. So what you're saying is she's Miss Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Elastiga. Yep. But not cool. <laughs> He's so disdained uh, with this news. <laughs> I'm just... It's just... It was such a weird thing for them to do for that game. Like, it, uh, out of all of the characters that they could have picked, they decided to introduce a new character, and it was a character that is just stupid. Yeah. Like, I get... Yeah, I get more female characters. I get all of that. Just introduce an interesting character that has interesting powers that I want to play as, or use one of the characters that we already knew within that universe. Yeah, they should this have just, just done someone who, you know, we know of, but is also kind of... That uh, a little bit weaker version to make the others seem cool. They could have done like a young version of Hawkeye or something. Or Captain Marvel or anybody else or Black Widow or somebody cool. Like just anybody cool. But this character, no thank you. And now, what is it, the TV show they're doing? Yeah, they're doing a Disney Plus TV show, of course, with with Miss Marvel. Uh, Kamala Khan's character, Miss Marvel, uh, takes her inspiration for, for a name from, of course, Captain Marvel. Because Captain Marvel... Is well, Captain Marvel, <laughs> who took her name from an Shazam. alien, <laughs> Shazam. Yeah, who took her name from uh, Jude Law? <laughs> All right, Judy, I'm going to steal your job here. Uh, toilet flush sound effect. That's that's what I, we need right here. Toilet flush. 
Um, well, I, 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 I could have just gone with fucking, oh, we're talking about Miss Marvel. That's the worst name I ever heard. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Equally good. Yeah. Kamala, no, come back. <laughs> no, wait. My Ma- real Captain Marvel, come back. Guys, more like Kamala can't. <laughs> and since you seem unclear on the concept, that was sarcasm. <laughs> yeah, I'd move it along. Number five. Now, this one I thought was actually pretty cool. There is a new cut of The Godfather Part 3 coming. It is officially going to be titled Godfather, uh, The Godfather, Code Death of Marco Corleone. Of course, I haven't seen Godfather 2 or 3, so that's a fucking spoiler for me. Um, but this is a new version, achieves director Coppola and writer Puzo's original vision for the final chapter of The Godfather. And, uh, of course, the director's come out saying, uh, Mario Puzo's The Godfather Coda, The Death of Michael Corleone, is an acknowledgement of Mario and my preferred title and original intentions for what became Godfather Part 3. Uh, this version of the finale I created with a new beginning and a new ending and rearranged some scenes and shot some music and cues uh, with these changes and restored footage. And to me, it sounds and feels more appropriate as a conclusion to The Godfather and The Godfather Part 2. Uh, and he said thank you to uh, to people for allowing me to revisit the film. So we're getting a basically a new version of Godfather 3. So it's an actual sort of Snyder Cut where they haven't had to reshoot things. It's actually cut. Differently. Well, you can't reshoot it because the movie was made in 1990. <laughs> hey, with oh, that frame. <laughs> they just take, you know, some shots from that new one with <laughs> the <spaces>. Irishman. <laughs> yeah, chuck that. <laughs> then they're going to shoot Michael Corleone in the stomach, and then just pans to a shot of him getting shot in the back of the head from my <laughs> seamless. <laughs> <sighs> Look, I Godfather Part Three, obviously the infamous worst part of the series. It's it's pretty bad. Um, so any remake of this is probably a good thing. Can I? I assume you've seen it, Fuzzy. What's? Mm. I'm I'm going to watch the Godfather Part Three, but like, what makes it so bad? Like, I've heard so many people say it's the worst, and and The Simpsons, like the last time I cried, what like this? It was Godfather Part Three. I'm like, I don't get the reference. <laughs> It's, it's just it falls flat. So Godfather one and two are just so they're, they're epically told tales that are, are just well constructed. They're interesting stories. There's lots going on, and they you know they give you a, a good beginning, middle, and end. And and number three is just it just farts. It's like it's, it is this wet <laughs> fart of a movie. They kind of just threw some stuff at the screen because they're like well the first two were awesome here's some money they 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 i think their budget was something ridiculous for it as well and it's just they just did nothing it's just you know two and a half hours or nearly three hours of absolute bullshit um so yeah give me give me a new take on that give me anything that's different and maybe half an hour shorter and i'll watch the fuck out of it i i i haven't seen any yet I watched the. You haven't uh, seen any of the any of the Godfathers. I mean, I've tried. I'm just like, oh, I just, I just can't, I can't like will myself to watch three hours of something that I assume I probably will be pretty bored for about at least half of the movie because it's three hours long. I mean, I didn't like Goodfellas, and everyone likes Goodfellas. See, I, f- I find Goodfellas to be better, like more entertaining to watch than The Godfather. Like The Godfather moves slowly, very slowly. Um, 
yeah, but yeah, Godfather Two I think is probably the best in the uh, in that series. Um, but you need to have watched Godfather One to give it context; yeah. otherwise, you're just kind of lost in there. So, I think there's yeah, it's definitely something that you should watch and um, and get some yeah. But wait until the Godfather Part Three, new whatever three point five comes out, and then go back and watch. Them just watch all stuff. three at once and spend like oh. a week watching it. Now, yeah, and, and that was the thing. Like after you know, I you know, playing Mafia during the week, I'm like, fuck, I'm gonna watch Godfather Part One again because I I liked it, but Mon hasn't seen it, so I'm like, cool, I'll show Mon the Godfather Part One, and then together we can watch Part Two. Um, and mm. I'm like, she's gonna fucking hate it. She's gonna go, I'm bored. You know, cars blowing up and things happening, stuff like that. I was like, just having a sneak at what Mon's reactions was, and she was like full on fucking into it. She was like, what the fuck, and all this sort of stuff going on, and all you know, all the the things happening. And she's just like, you get so attached to some characters and stuff like that in the first film. It's really good. Mm. I think you'll like it, Ian. Is is a is a it is a slow burn, but the cinematography and that's pretty fucking sweet. Again, didn't yeah. like Goodfellas, so I'm not uh, not really <laughs> sure about that. <laughs> the cinematography is better in The Godfather than it is in uh, Goodfellas. Well, that's like, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's saying something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, move it along. Number four. What's the deal with the 616? Because there's a new Disney Plus uh, sort of documentary series coming out uh, called Marvel 616. And it is Paul Shear from uh, the great movies such as Piranha 3D um, going through and uh, essentially talking to comic book creators, writers, designers, cosplayers, anything to do with the, the world of Marvel comic books. And it's a sort of like a documentary series about... The start of comic books, uh, they speak to car- uh, writers who essentially killed off Spider-Man and stuff like that as well, um, and uh, speaking to cosplayers, and Fuzzy's favourite part, they do a little bit on a school musical production of the Avengers movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, can you uh, could you imagine sitting through one of those things? That would be the most fucking painful thing to watch ever. It could be really funny though as well, like to laugh at. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely to laugh at. There is no way that you would enjoy it in any other way, but ironically, um, <laughs> no. It does. I, I like the looks of this, though. It looks. It looks fun. It looks like there's a lot of um, interesting stories to tell. It's. It's about that. I suppose the the culture and and everything that's going on with Marvel and comic books at the moment. So I think that's. Uh, that's it looks really cool. really well put together as well, doesn't it? Like production wise. Mm. Yeah, and they're telling a lot of stories about you know um, people, the the writers. Um, they're looking at um, individual like characters and, and and people within the that they have influence within the Marvel universe, and it's I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah, Dirty, are you excited for this? Are you? Well, I'm excited, Dirty. <laughs> 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 He's definitely still eating. Yeah. Um, Ian, are you excited for this? I am because I think there's a lot of stuff from like going by this trailer alone. It looks like there's a lot of stuff about the actual history of the comics. And personally, mm. I don't know nearly enough about the comics from when you're talking about like the 50s and 60s. Like that's a long way back. We weren't even yeah. thought about being conceived yet. <laughs> you know, we're talking about grandparents' era, so. It's really, yeah. I think it's going to be really enlightening to kind of understand where these iconic characters have come from. Yep. Absolutely. I think that's that's the, like, it gives importance to a lot of that stuff because you, you miss a lot of those, the uh, the characters coming through. And um, 
for example, like you know Kamala Khan and you know Miss Marvel. Like, I don't get her as a character and don't understand you know her backstory. So it'll be interesting to see you know what she's like and you know if they provide more context to her. And maybe that will provide me with you know a little bit of sympathy for her. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> more like more likely than not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but it, uh, it looks like a lot of fun, though. I got up in the morning and made myself a piece of toast. I sent the toaster to... Number three. Medium brown. All right, number three's piece of news after my random fucking microphone issue that has mysteriously been fixed. Uh, it was another trailer that I forgot to put in our <laughs> chat and make you guys watch. <laughs> but hopefully... You guys know what I'm talking about. And it is the Rodal Witches remake film that is coming out next year with Anne Hathaway being the lead witch with a weird Joker smile. Have you guys seen this? No, yes. Have you seen this? Have you read about this? Yes. <laughs> have you heard about this? <laughs> What's so that? Fuzzy's seen it. The Ian hasn't seen it. Yes, I have seen it. Yes. Oh, okay. It's it's essentially that movie where I can't remember the main actor's name is a is a leader of the witch and they have a press conference, uh, a, a hotel conference room booked out full of witches and they turn a little kid into a mouse. Um, but in this one, it is it, of course a remake of the Rodal book. Uh, I think it's three kids or multiple kids get turned into a mouse and it is narrated by Chris Tucker. I, of course, it is. I got some serious. What was that TV show that he did where it was him as a kid and he was. Everybody hates Chris. Yes, it was. It just felt like that. <laughs> As a Ron and Dahl movie, <laughs> I'd lo- I'd love Terry Crews to re- re- uh, reprise his role as Chris's dad somehow in this. <laughs> I would just love it if, like, you're like five minutes in, and then you just see these witches, and it goes, "Everybody hates witches." <laughs> <laughs> Man, that'd be so fucking good. If yeah, if it was the everybody hates Chris spit off. It's just, it's just, it's his dad like turning off everything at this at the in the at the powerpoints in a hotel room, going, "We gotta save money. <laughs> we need more Terry Crews in this movie. That's what we need." <laughs> so fucking good. But of course, yes, Anne Hathaway is playing the lead witch. Um, it doesn't look like they're going to go down the route of the like you know them taking off their fucking faces and noses and shit when they close the conference room see I, th- I think it will are. yeah I think it will they, they just didn't want to show you, it because you see um, Anne Hathaway's face she's got like those big lines down the side of her mouth like there is absolutely some weird face stuff that's going to happen so stay tuned for that one yeah I'm, yeah, she's got like a Joker smile. She's got the the like slices on each yeah. side of her mouth sort of thing I think it's a mask yeah. that she'll like pull <laughs> off right it's going to be like a skin mask that she wears. Good. So that looks pretty cool. That was the only <laughs> thing th- about this that looked interesting to me because personally, I didn't really like the original movie that much. And this one is the same, but less scary. Does it, does it give you nightmares still, buddy? Yes. <laughs> uh, hang on, hang on. This gives you nightmares, but less scary. How do you not like this film? And it's got mice, like Basil the Great Mice Detective. Yeah, but no stripper mice, so, you know, I'm out. You don't know. This is a remake. <laughs> <laughs> they could be stripping. Mice be stripping. <laughs> was it, did I see as well on the trailer that it was produced or it's, it's being re-envisioned by Robert Zemeckis? Yes. Yes. Ooh. So, back I, to oh, the everybody hates Chris witches. <laughs> please have Biff in there somewhere. Marty! <laughs> what do you make like a tree and get out of here? Yeah, a lot of those lines. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah. All right, move it along. 
number two. What's There's dogs the barking dogs? in the background, and what that's going to be dogs? it. It's fucking pissing <laughs> me off. It's going to be it. fucking dogs. Shut up! <laughs> Least professional episode ever. <laughs> it's, it's a fun one, that's for sure. But, um, the, of course, number two's piece of news, it comes as a... I wouldn't say it's a surprise, but more of a, we saw this coming at some point. No Time to Die has been delayed again, so there is a further time to wait before you die. Um, so basically, we're in the waiting room to die. Uh, we're basically in Rye. Um, that is, uh, No Time to Die will be released in April 2021. And we're all surprised. Everyone, everyone put on your surprise face. Have you got a sad trombone on this, duty? I uh, probably do. Um, wah, right. wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Thank you, Diddy. What a what an amazing sound effect! <laughs> wow, <laughs> I've got so many sounds I don't know where they are sometimes. <laughs> Just push buttons. <laughs> uh, although, I, I mean, am evil Homer. Yeah. I am evil Homer. <laughs> I am evil Homer. I am evil Homer. What the hell is yeah. that one there for? Where the hell was that? Pushing buttons. <laughs> uh, no one's surprised about this delay. Like it's, I mean, they they need the US to be open. The US is getting worse with COVID cases. So uh, even their president they, uh, is like, Marrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just shut up, man. Even their president's it is like, <laughs> unlikely to be released. And, well, they're saying April now, aren't they? Next yeah, year, which is a yeah, year April from it was year, originally uh, supposed to be released. That is cool. We have also got the uh, the I think it's the No Time to Die Billy or William Eyelash song. Billy, a, <laughs> I hate that song. Uh, is it's got a, a, a film clip now? It's on YouTube that you can go give and watch, as well as there is a No Time to Die James Bond podcast. Which how dare they steal our niche? Yeah, <laughs> how dare they? <laughs> I how mean, dare but, yeah, how. Fuck, I need more sounds! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's... I, I did really enjoy the, um, the the music video because there was actually a few more clips in there that we haven't seen before. So a little bit out of context, but uh, I think there's some of the more moody moments from the James Bond film, which would be very interesting. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I did, of course, see that there is a film clip for No Time to Die. And I saw your message saying that there is new scenes in this video clip. But then I went, it's William Eyelash. I'm not watching it. And yet mm-hmm. you were happy to watch fucking Duran Duran's A View to a Kill over and over again. Because Duran Duran can do no wrong. <laughs> a View to a Kill. Ugh. He gets away in a dirigible. <laughs> so good. Look, as bad as this song could be which like i don't mind it i think it's fine there's always worse bond songs yeah uh, but name one i just did <laughs> name another one <laughs> uh there's no such thing as a bad bond song except for william the I one like. for octopussy an all-time high fucking terrible <laughs> great song Anyway, yes, yeah, so of course, reiterating that No Time to Die has been extended to April 2021, so it is a longer wait to die. Um, that is my shit. Hey. Moving along to the. Whoop, yes, I was, sorry, I was just going to say, aka the Donald Trump memoir. <laughs> it's fantastic. All right, moving <laughs> along. Number one. 
Of course, the biggest piece of news this week is that Jamie Foxx is returning as Electro in the MCU Sony Spider-Man 3. And I think we can all agree in saying, what the fuck is going on? I'm so confused. <laughs> because we, we did confirm this in our chat during the week. He fucking died in the last film, didn't he? Yeah, 100%. He got exploded. He got, uh, yeah. I think they were hooked him up to like the main power lines or whatever and just exploded him. Oh, that fucking scene where he's doing like the Spider-Man tune when he's jumping. Yeah, he's playing Itsy Bitsy pylons. Spider on the fucking pylons and oh stuff. Oh my God, I fucking hated that movie. Oh my God, that made me physically angry. <laughs> You know, um, as bad as that was, it was not w- nowhere near as bad as how bad Goblin looked straight after that. Uh, oh, yeah. As soon as J.B. Fox is gone, fucking Green Goblin-esque rip-off Harry Osborn appears, and I'm like, he has shit drilled into his ears uh, for what reason? It looks his really skin bad. Is, it's, yeah, it's, it's fucking awful. But I will say, but I like, actually quite liked Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. I feel like it was wasted. With those kind of mediocre movies, yeah. he was he was he was hipster cool like Spider Man with a fucking skateboard and a quaff. Yeah, no, hey, he's trying to take my shtick. <laughs> but they had, to, I mean, they had uh, fucking what's his name, Dane DeHaan as That's the, it. The, the Green Goblin, and I'm not sure why Hollywood tried to make him a thing because <laughs> I think he's an okay actor, but he is a very very weird looking dude. Yeah, and it just, he just no, stop making him things. To quote you, Fuzzy, it was severely okay. That's him as an actor. <laughs> he's severely okay. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever see that movie? Um, was it Valerian in the City yeah. of a Thousand Planets? Yep. And they they try to make him out to be this like super spy that like ladies love. And you look at him going, nope. You know, nope, don't like that. <laughs> you know, you know he's bad when he made Cara Delevingne look like she knew what she was doing. Oh yeah, she Ooh. looked she looked competent. She was she was actually quite good in that movie. That's how bad everything else was around her. Did she have her dancing hands? (laughs) Tons, hands. Anytime anytime someone talks shit about Valerian and the City of a Thousand Cities or whatever the fuck it's called, I can can immediately hear Matt Commons going, It's not bad. It was an alright film. I went and saw it. Did you see it? No! I saved my money. Honestly, it wasn't it wasn't that bad, but like there were it just oh no, it was mad. bad. It, it was very bad. It was not. <laughs> they were that all bad. bad. There are plenty worse. It's Duran Duran bad. It's Octopussy bad. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see it, Duty? Did you see it? <laughs> Stop it! Get some help. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm I'm not going to see it because it has Dane DeHaan and Cara Delevingne. Again, don't Cara get me Delevingne. Fucking Rihanna in that film. Oh as well. yeah, that was, and, she was and Ethan Hawke showing up as her pimp. Um, wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Ethan wow. Hawke's a pimp. Yes, he is. And in the movie, he a plays pimp. a. <laughs> he plays a pimp that plays an organ while Rihanna morph dances. It's yeah, weird. It's really it, weird. What? It, 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 it's all kinds of weirds. That's why you have to watch it so you can understand how shit a film is. It's really weird. It's like they shoved a whole bunch of weird, obscure short stories into a movie and then put Dan DeHaan's in it and he just like just was there. Anytime you hear Dan DeHaan's name. <laughs> a, a dog barks in the background. <laughs> yeah, and a dog barks. Hey, yeah. 
whenever you hear the dog bark, just think, Dangerheart. <laughs> Oh, we got no Uber Eats. Eats. No wonder they're barking. <laughs> no. Uber Eats just got delivered for someone. What the hell? <laughs> Why is everybody getting food? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> oh, I'm loving this. All right, well, that's it. That's it for the news. I'm not going to say Tom's line because that's Tom's line and I, I don't want to steal it from him. So I'll just say that's all you're getting for now, lads. Wait for next week. Yibbity yibbity, that's all, folks. <laughs> oh, that's even better. Um, of course, we have a sponsor that is Incognito Comics. I've been me- reading more books during the week, and by more books, I mean I've been continue to continuing to read uh, the Fear Itself event from a couple of ye- well, a couple of years ago, probably nearly ten years ago now. It's a Marvel event book, which is really cool. Uh, it's essentially an ancient sort of uh, Asgardian threat has been unleashed on Earth, uh, and this Asgardian threat has started dropping hammers everywhere, which you know people being worthy Ooh. to lift up they sort of turn into a, a asgardian deity and uh, some of the characters that get hammers uh of course the juggernaut gets one which is pretty fucking cool and he gets transformed into this fucking cool being uh and we get some you know some other sort of boring side characters but the hulk gets one as well which is kind of cool um so i'm currently reading it at the moment and of course i've got the three jokers book two to read and three jokers is a fucking fantastic book because there's three separate different jokers that are all in cahoots with each other which is pretty fucking cool um so that's all out now at incognito comics ian is at the moment i believe currently reading a the jason aaron god of thunder thor run from 2014 up to book two now he's been enjoying it um yeah book one was amazing i actually really love that that's got to be one of my favorite comics i think i've read out of both the comics i've read in my time it's up there it's in my top two (laughs) how does it compare to hellboy um i actually think it's it's kind of better in some regards because it's a lot easier to absorb and read whereas Hellboy is a bit harder to read it's a bit more of a intellectuals read in some way whereas you know Thor is kind of like watching the MCU movies you know it's easy watching easy reading fun yeah that 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 makes sense I'd say um <laughs> story and, uh, checks out that's this yep, yep. I think as well, that's the Thor... It's the, the Thor run you're reading now at the moment, of course, is, is fantastic. It goes into a pretty cool uh, ending, and then it sort of spirals off and goes into a different direction. And I think Fuzzy read that one as well, so everyone's did, reading yes. Thor. It's a, it's a good book. I um, I very much enjoyed that one. The art style's really cool too. Yes, yes, with the three different Thors, the King Thor, the Hero Thor, and it's the Viking Thor, which is the young one. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty, with pretty this fucking rad. And then, thing. of course... Yeah, Yarnborn, his axe, which I thought, like, I thought we were going to get that in the fucking MCU. Like, when Molnir breaks in Ragnarok, I'm like, he's going to use Yarnborn. It's going to be fucking rad. And it's like, no, we're making Stormbreaker. And I'm sitting there going, it's not fucking Stormbreaker! <laughs> it's not yeah, 616 well, canon! I think they um, they really wanted to use Yarnborn, uh, but they decided not to because they had too many pro- problems with people saying Molnir properly. Um, so they decided not to add weird, um, you know, traditional names and went with something like Stormbreaker because people are stupid. Yeah. Uh. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's that that is the only reasonable logical explanation I can think of. Rather than like it's its own thing, man. I'm like, no, you have to move as fast as your slowest person. And I... some people like Cat Dennings can't pronounce Molnir. Seriously, I guarantee that's probably why they made that decision. I think you're spot on. Right it is 100%. There. It's 100% why they did Lowest it. common denominator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I, I do like those um, those books that you're talking about, Teddy. They, they do sound very much like um, one of the ones I read called God Country, um, which I very yes. much enjoyed as well. So, yeah, a guy who's suffering from dementia uh, finds, like, essentially a sword, which is essentially Molnir, and um, gets God powers. And then the God who lost his sword comes down to try and claim it off him. It's really fucking crazy good. I like that one. You'd like that too, Ian. Yeah, it sounds really cool. I remember it was a big deal when it got first released not that long ago. I think the the TV series got optioned, but I don't know if it's been you know produced at any stage. But yeah, that's um, yeah that's been optioned to be uh, to be shot into a TV show, mm-hmm. which would be pretty fucking interesting. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I I I, I, I caught, caught uh, Jesus, get your words out. I of course <laughs> wasn't there when you, when He's you tripping got, over his got, burger. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't eaten. I've like eaten half a hash brown, and you just have to look at it. Basically, yeah, I've got three burgers and an extra hash brown just sitting here. Just watch it go cold. <laughs> it's already cold. Um, but that's that's of course our sponsor, Incognito Comics. You can find them online at incognitocomics.com.au, and they are also doing now a click and collect for certain days if you are within the area to go and pick it up. I believe it is Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. But you can find all that information on. They've got a new Facebook page because their old Facebook page uh, shat itself, and they can no longer get into it and control it. So they've created a backup new one, which of course is called Incognito Comics. Um, but the link will be in the description and in the show notes and all over our social medias if you want to go take a look at that uh there's some great books coming out but ian fuzzy or uh, uh, what did i call Do- count fuzzula and footlongs johnson um no monster. footlongs monster <laughs> <laughs> we're doing spooktacular october Ooh. movies i'm going off script and fuzzy can tell because i'm spacing out my words <laughs> 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 but of course, uh, it's, we, it's always fun it, when you struggle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally like a kid drowning. I'm like, uh, I have my arms <laughs> by my side and I'm just sinking. <laughs> uh, of course, it, it, it is spooktacular October, and we've asked you listeners to provide us with movies to watch and review um, because, well, we would pick trash movies like Octopussy and Valerian, the city of a thousand corpses, or whatever it is. And we asked, we asked you on our Facebook listener community. Did you just merge two movies together? I did, I did, and you didn't notice. Um, and of course, I want to watch you, that movie. Yeah, it might be better. Dane be DeHaan is dead a thousand times. That'd run, be rabbit, run! <laughs> um, we asked you, and of course you told us, and the movie we've got this week is the meta-breaking horror genre film movie itself, Cabin in the Woods, uh, written by a man we no longer talk about, starring uh, Chris Hemsworth and the person from the first season of House of Cards. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which we also are not allowed to talk about anymore. Can we talk about anything? Oh, yes. <laughs> Sorry. I just, yeah, but that, yes. But Fuzzy, what's this movie about? Give us a story. Give us a synopsis. Well, uh, as, as you hinted to, this is a, a very much a meta film uh, it, it, which speaks to all of the tropes of all horror movies everywhere. Um, it's very much, I would put it in sort of the black comedy um, yeah, genre itself. Very dark, yeah, lots of horror elements to it. A few dr- jump scares here and there. Um, a group of, you know... Twenty somethings uh, go into the uh, go into a cabin in the woods to you know do things like get drunk and oh, have that's sex why with they each call other. Uh, and then they slowly get tortured to death by various monsters, but there are puppet masters pulling the strings. Ooh. Ooh, 
it, it ends up being a conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, look, I think this the the best thing about this uh, this film is it it does draw on all of those elements of uh, of traditional horror films and really like I think it plays it up to just perfect like in, in a perfect tone um, and it, it was one of those other films that we, we looked at as well um, to, to do during this month uh, was Tucker and Dale versus evil uh, very similar in nature like it had that that very similar meta comedy uh, comedy value like looking at horror films from a, a, a wider lens and understanding what gets yeah. people freaked out so yeah I'll, I'll look, I'll, well, yes. I think, yeah, that's that's uh, the long and short of it. Good well, summer. of course, you know, we're, we're going to go into positives, we're going to go into negatives, we're going to talk about everything, but I think we can both agree that one of the greatest positives about this film is Bradley Whitford and Richard Jenkins being the two sort of government <laughs> guys, the white shirts uh, monitoring everything, is hands down probably the best thing about this film. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah, it's just this this really blasé attitude, like the 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 secret government organisation or who the fuck ever, because you never really know. You're left to to fill in your own blanks here, and they are pulling the strings, and they're just they're very blasé. Like, ah, oh, this will fucking happen. We've got this in the bag, and then when things go wrong for the people in the cabin, they're going wrong for the people in this you know secret lab, and it, it's just it just snowballs from there and the chaos by the end of this film yeah. is fucking crazy it's so good the thing but i that, really yeah. like about that um that whole facility that whole cult sort of element is like it plays a lot on the cthulhu mythos from hb lovecraft which is yeah um when they talk about there being like uh what do they refer to them as i think um Ancient, the ancient ones. Ancient ones, yeah. yeah. Which is very much like a terminology that H.P. Lovecraft uses, like ancient ones. He uses like the old ones, um, the old mm. gods, things like that. Those are the terminologies that he uses to refer to his ancient beings. Um, and the Cthulhu mythos specifically has like a cult element to it. So it's kind of like taking that element and bringing it into like a futuristic modern day government sort of feel. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of those um, there's a lot of stories like this within horror that you know where you know, people are you know, chosen as sacrifices to you know replenish the land or stave off you know whatever you know the ancient ones or I, I like that that mythology that they speak to but they don't they kind of talk around it they never really give you the full picture and you get little snippets of it at the end where we get um, the cameo uh, from what's her face Sigourney Weaver. Um, and you know she she comes in and tries to almost fill in all of the rest of the blanks, but there's so much that you could still pick yeah. from this and draw from mm. this, and I think that's what makes it work so well is they don't ever really say it out loud, and there you therefore you're left to create the story, the backstory in your own mind, and yeah, you know, that's you know, the magic of this film, I think. Yeah, that's that's that. What's what I really enjoy about this film is is the whole the story and the plot premise itself for the entire film is like it's 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 it. This movie can exist in every single horror film because they sort of they go about okay, cool. 
we need to have a there's a jock, there's a whore, there's the 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 athlete, there's the the fool, and there's the virgin characters that they need, um, and they need to be sacrificed at, in a certain order at first, um, and they pick their own demise by like you know very fucking Evil Dead going into a basement, and but instead of there being the the Necronomicon, there's fucking hundreds of things down there and whatever they play with down there you know it's the the selects their doom it's you know it's a bit like fucking goes of the destroyer um and you know chris hemsworth is playing with essentially the lament configuration from the hellraiser films um and you know and then you see like sort of a rip-off pinhead um and you 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 know blade whatever whatever the fuck it's called but um (laughs) I, i like that like Every any film you can think of can sort of work its way into this. Like you know, you can have the it explains you know why people are jockey and stuff like that, and why people are whorish because like they're pumping fucking pheromones into the room, and you know why people drop the weapon when they run out of the room, and you see like uh, you see Richard Jenkins' character like push a button, and it ele- a little electrical zap goes off on the knife that um, that the character Dana is holding, and she drops the knife, but she doesn't think she's dropped the knife; she like just reactively drops it. And it just sort of explains all of these small things you like, you know, you watch Friday the 13th, like, why did you drop the fucking dagger and run out of the room? It's like, well, because, you know, Richard Jenkins flipped a fucking switch. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I do like the bit as well, like, you know, where Chris Hemsworth says, oh, you know, we're going to, whatever happens, we've all got to stick together. And they're like, well, that can't fucking happen. They they fucking drug him. And he's like, no, we've got to split up. (laughs) Cover more ground. I love that. <laughs> and then the stoners in the background going, "What?" <laughs> I love the fucking stoner. That is uh, who's the stoner character? Fuck, uh, Marty. He's yeah. the best fucking character of the film. And like for the entire plot of this movie, like Richard Jenkins and Bradley Whitford are trying to figure out how the fucking stoner is not affected by this. And then at the end of the film, like one of the technicians comes and goes. So we hit a stash of pot that we didn't find and we forgot to swap out and he's immune to all of our drugs. (laughs) 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 He's like sitting there reading like fucking Finding Nemo or something like that and he's hearing voices and he's like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) It's a fucking great movie. It's pretty great. Um, are there? I mean, we could talk about this forever. Like, uh, I mean, this. I think everybody, like all of the characters in here, are very, are very perfectly selected. Um, we've got, obviously got Chris Hemsworth showing up, and again, funny, heroic. He's got the. He is very much the right character for that role, and he, he plays it really well. Like, he doesn't overplay his Chris Hemsworthness. Um, no, yeah, and and he's 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 basically two characters because he starts off the film as a. Like he's smart. He's like he know he's you know he's actually a smart guy. And, and and then when he gets to the cabin and stuff like that, they start pumping the cabin full of chemicals, and it makes him a dumb jock. And yeah. he's like he calls one of the characters Egghead, and then the Marty the Stoner goes like, "Why is he talking like this? This guy's got a fucking scholarship. He's smart. Now he's acting like a dumb jock. What the fuck's going on?" Yeah, it's he, he's just really great for this the, throughout his appearance in this film. Um, and I think I mean, this was uh, 2012 this came out so Thor had come out just the year before um, Avengers came out in 2012 so it was like it was right at the start of his rise to superstardom um, so yeah just the right time and the right kind of film I don't know if they could have got him uh, you know if they'd done it any later than that yeah, I think yeah. it was um, filmed in like 2008 and 2009 but then it was released yeah. in 2012 
Yeah, it was yeah, it was a long time in uh, post production, I think. So it was actually yeah. yeah, filmed probably before Thor then. Or about the same uh, 2009, time. Um, it was filmed on a budget of $30 million. Okay, so Thor was probably filmed around probably 2010, 2011? Quite so, Yeah, about yeah. that, because uh, 2008 was uh, the first Iron Man film, and I don't think... Hulk only released in 2009 from memory. Yeah. Yeah. So he... Yeah, it was a couple of years before that. And you yeah, could already kind of tell he has that kind of gravitas about him, so you could tell he was going places. Every scene mm. that he's in oh, yeah. is sort of the eye draws to him and what he's doing. So it's probably because yeah. he's about 30 centimetres higher than everyone else. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I but mean, all- look, it, he is a funny dude and I think he plays he plays it well in this film. Like he's not he's not entirely the straight man. He's got a couple of jokes and he's yeah, he, he knows the role that he's he's got to play and he does it well. I think he's he's a really good actor. He just obviously gets overlooked a lot for that because of his his extreme muscles. Um, but he does some really good acting when he's given the opportunity to. I'm still I mean, I'm still iffy on his American accent, but you know, I'll let it slide this time. <laughs> well, considering, like, I think there was a, uh, it was helped a lot by the fact that uh, the the girl that plays his, his girlfriend in this film is actually a Kiwi as well, so she's putting on an American accent. Um, so, I think hers was a bit more convincing <laughs> than his. <laughs> <laughs> I think they were about as convincing as each other. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's made a little less obvious. Um, <laughs> oh, speaking of, i got to talk about this. I've been re-watching 24, um, the television show, and we're up to season seven at the moment. <sighs> And uh, and the vice president in season seven is played by none other than Cameron Daddo. Uh, so if you don't <laughs> know who he is, he is ninety-one point five. He's part of the Daddo family, the most important family in Australian acting, um, outside of the Hemsworths. And his accent is terrible. He's like this. I'm from Texas, <sighs> and it keeps slipping in between like you know a Southern Texas accent um, and Australian bogan. Uh, he can't quite hold it for the entire time so when you see stuff like that and then you see these people speaking in fairly regular accent it, it's it's actually pretty good <laughs> well, by, I, I, by I, comparison I, I think yeah by comparison yeah, it's better before we start you know to get into negatives we of course have some great great scenes one of which is my favorite is everyone in this you know government secret agency underground are taking bets on what monster will be called out (laughs) (laughs) and you can see an intern who's trying to put a bet on with uh he he wants to bet on the the redneck zombie family and the technicians have better and he goes oh but they bet it every year it's like cool well do you want to split the winnings if they get it and he's no um and then what do you think (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I want this conversation to wrap up as quickly as possible. <laughs> and Bradley Whitford, Hadley, the character Hadley, really fucking wants a merman and to the point where Richard Jenkins refers to him as Aquaman. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> but it's pretty good. The, the thing that I noticed as well, if you go through that whiteboard and pause it, there's, you know, they say deadites on it and it says all these like references to other movies. And then, of course, at the end of the film where... Uh, where Dana and Marty release fucking every monster in the the monster museum and starts attacking everyone, you can see basically all of these, you know, monsters and characters and references to other movies appear throughout the film. Like, we've got, you know, three random characters wearing masks that are obviously the, what is it, the strangers, and they're tying people up and lighting them on fire. There's a fucking, a guy gets stabbed with a fucking unicorn. There's a killer clown that won't get killed. Like, there's all these, like, Subtle in the references and nods and stuff like that, which I thought was fucking cool. Yeah, 
Yeah, there's some there were some really cool monsters. The giant snake was cool. The uh, the buzzsaw robot was pretty cool too. He was my <laughs> Chasing people Scorpion down the stairs. Robot? You see yeah. that little camera. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there was the creepy ballerina girl with the uh, the the face jaw thing. That was pretty the gross. The sugar plum fairy, I think that's what they called her. Oh, that's Ugh. that's what she's referenced as. Um. Yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, just just some amazing monsters. Like every single possible monster that you could think of is is definitely there, and it's it's great that you get to see them all just go for broke and just completely tear apart that, that place. And then obviously you get the merman at the end as well. Uh, Eating Bradley Whitford. <laughs> I just, oh, just come gross. on. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, yeah. there is a little, there is a little bit of sort of behind the scenes trivia that, of course, um, when they were making all these monsters and stuff like that, every day Sigourney Weaver came to set. She asked the directors, "When am I seeing the werewolf? When is the werewolf done?" And they're like, "It's being worked. It's being worked on." There is a behind-the-scenes photo of her with the actor in the werewolf costume, and she is just completely fucking chuffed. She is over the moon that she's taken a photo with the werewolf. She apparently every day asks, "Where's the werewolf?" <laughs> it was pretty great. They and must you know have, what? As far as werewolves go, one of the better ones. We've talked about this. Yeah, yeah there you go. A good werewolf. I'll, they must I have had a lot that. of fun doing that film. Like they just like just especially that end scene where there's all of these weird like when they're going down on the elevator and they're looking through and seeing all of these monsters and their d- different little glass boxes. Like it's crazy how many of them there are, and they just all look like fun. Uh, uh, and uh, to well, two little known facts, I, I, I believe when the camera zooms out and you can see all the boxes and you can see you know a heap of monsters and stuff like that. The boomer from Left for Dead uh, from the Left for Dead video games is in one of the boxes which is cool. Mm. They put that as a reference. And I believe this film's uh, creature and, and, and makeup department, the actual company they used, is uh, the is well, co-owned and partnered by the actor who plays Heather Landcamp from the Nightmare on Elm Street films. Um, so mm. she actually made monsters and creatures for this film. Okay. That's pretty cool. Mm. That's a very cool. <laughs> I can't recall the actor's name, but it's Heather Landcamp from the... Yeah, is it? I'm going to Google. Um, sure. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> why not? <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street. I'll take your word for it. You could lie your bloody ass off right now, and I'll believe you. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Nancy Thompson is a character in the movies, but it's, yeah, Heather Langkamp is the actor. So she was the um, she she and her husband created the monsters for this film, which was fucking cool. Um, and the 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 best scene of the film has got to be like the guards, and then the elevator doors open, and then they, all these random monsters just fucking fly out and start attacking everyone. <laughs> it's yeah, pretty. It's good. pretty amazing. <laughs> Well, it's time to move on to some negatives, guys. And I know sure. Ian isn't the biggest horror movie person, so I'm going to let Ian go off first. What did you hate about this film? <laughs> Why do you say hate like that? You know I love every film. I, yeah. I actually I do really like this film, I think, mostly because I just really think the concept is really good. Are you eating... I can hear you opening your packet. <laughs> we can hear the, the we can the, hear the everything. <laughs> you motherfucker! Keep going. <laughs> Nothing happening here. <laughs> yeah, I think the concept's really good. For me, I think the only real negative I can have with this film is just, I think it's a little bit lost between wanting to be a comedy and wanting to be not a comedy. 
I at some well, point the, I think there's a lot of horror films, uh, horror horror movies though. They they have that comedic element to them. You look at any of the Freddy Krueger movies, and he's yeah. telling you know telling jokes before he's killing people. You know, you, you look at the you know the uh, the Ash the Evil Dead movies. Um, like they're, they, not they're good all. <laughs> Each to their own. Anyway, but like the the point is like there's a lot of co- comedic elements and there's a big crossover I think between horror and comedy. Yeah, um, I th- I, so I'm just not sure that it uh, it really works perfectly all the time here. Yeah. I think a lot of the comedy and sometimes you can tell they're trying to do comedy and it's not funny. Quite a lot <laughs> of the time, I'll say. Um, yeah, there's probably only a handful of times that I actually laughed. Wow. Obviously, Tough. obviously, m- the merman was the one of them. Did you watch this solo or were you watching it like... And how was your viewing experience? No, I watched, it, I watched it with my parents. We They hadn't seen it before, so I was interested to see what they would think of it, having not seen it. Obviously, mm-hmm. I think this is probably the third or fourth time maybe even that I've seen this movie, so I... I wasn't um, worried as much about the horror elements of it in that aspect. I was could kind of put that aside and be like, just enjoy it for what it is as more of a fun romp sort of a movie. Um, but yeah. then I was a little bit disappointed because I was trying to enjoy it as a fun romp, but it wasn't as fun as I th- thought I remembered it being because a lot of the comedy kind of fell flat. There, mm. there are moments in the in the film where it's like. Uh, you know, th- there is comedy speckled in, but then, like, after a character is killed, you know, uh, Richard Jenkins and Bradley Whitford sort of bow their head in silence and stuff like that as a as a symbol sign of respect, and it makes it a bit darker. It sort of removes that light tone that the film has. Like, you know, when uh, Jules, you know, Chris Hemsworth's partner is is you know they're making out in the in the forest and stuff like that. You can just see all the guys sitting there watching the monitor, and she's like, "Let's go inside." And they go, "Oh." come on and then they kick them all out and stuff like that but then when she dies they like bow they bow their head in silence they they fucking say a fucking ritualistic thing and then they pull a lever and that pulls blood into a stone and stuff like that so it's it doesn't know what route it wants to take in sometimes and i and i get that point of view that you're making it in yeah i I think that's just what it is like you have to be able to follow the rhythm that it's taking and sometimes I think it's a little bit jarring with that rhythm. Sometimes it can just go bang really fast from comedy to horror and then bang from horror to comedy and it's just a bit jarring sometimes because you're not sure, you know, whether or not you should be laughing. Um, Sometimes it's a little bit too vague in its uh, emotion that it's trying to convey, I think. Fuzzy, of course, you've got to have some negatives. He's oh, I've got quiet. negatives, buddy. I've got negatives. I'm patiently waiting to see my negatives. <laughs> go, go. It's, go. it's a free-for-all. We just wanted to get Ian's negatives out of the way because Ian hates everything. But now it's hey. a free-for-all. Just go for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, starters. Uh, the stoner character, um, Marty. Yes. Just the His stoner voice is a bit day. grating, right? A little bit. I, I, I find him as a character a little bit. He, he was a little bit... Well, he was a lot of bit hammy, um, just uh, over the top the whole time. He just really plays it to the nth degree. And while the other characters, I mean, perfectly cast for that role, I just think he just played it a little bit too comedic and it just it didn't fit the tone overall. His, you know, his bong that transforms into a mug, which you're definitely not going to be drinking out of. Um, uh, and totally. Makes- it's totally a real product as well. People make them and sell them. Oh God, um, and then um, yeah, use it as like a weapon, and it's just 
It was a little bit stupid. Also, he gets stabbed in the fucking spine by a redneck zombie, and then he's just back later on. It just looks like a little bit of blood on the back of his shirt. He got stabbed in the spine with a fucking gardening shear. So, no. No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> it just... The, the levels of ridiculousness in this uh, also hype up a little bit. I think that, you know, having the selection of monsters in the basement and going through was a little bit over the top, I think, for that for that particular scenario, if they'd had just maybe one or two things rather than, you know, 50 million things that they could have chosen from, I think that would have created more tension. And they I think they lose a lot of that tension because of those comedic sides to it. So um, I, I, I still very dark. There's lots of cool blood and guts and stuff going on, which is pretty fun. Um, like uh, Jules gets her head chopped off by a saw, which is pretty gruesome. So... <laughs> Yeah, it would have been nice to see a bit more of that, like a little bit more up, up close, but, um, you know, it was, was not to be. But apart from that, I thought, you know, it's, it's hard to, to knock this movie because most of the other tropes that they're doing just come out in horror films all the time anyway. So. It did seem, I think you're right, and I think particularly with that head getting cut off with a saw, um, yeah. it kind of does uh, show off pretty much the overall film it doesn't really show enough of its gore i think it it takes it a bit too loose it doesn't doesn't go hardcore enough well and that's that's right like i think it did it could have done so much more and it it, yeah it's a was an ma15 yeah it's a a very uh, adult film so it just seems like they went a bit weak with it for very little reason yeah, and like if you're going into that and you're you're leading up to that, basically they go right up into the point where the saw starts moving and then they cut away, and yeah, it's I think that's one of those ones just show one really gruesome death and that'd be cool. Like Chris Hemsworth obviously smashes into the invisible barrier. Um, uh, the other guy, you know, the guy from fucking what's its face, Grey's Anatomy, he like you know he he gets cut up a little it just wasn't gruesome enough I think Sigourney Weavers maybe was pretty cool with the axe in the head but you know I think you just needed to see that one really gruesome death of the main cast to have uh, made it pretty cool yeah my question yeah and my question is like how was the character Dana alive after she got fucking chomped on by a werewolf I think she's pretty much just dying but yeah she should have been completely dead by that point so Or, or turning into a werewolf Yes. Well, oh, that that would have been pretty cool. It depends if <laughs> it was think, a full moon. <laughs> <laughs> but the, I, I think with this one as well, like um, like that, that was the end. It was it was leading up to that that moment, and the hand bursts out of the ground and squashes everything, and that you know cuts to black. I think it's it's a pretty cool way to end the film. It's just everybody's dead, nobody's yeah. coming out of this alive kind of thing. So I like that you know everybody dies kind of vibe to it as well because yeah you get the sense that oh maybe someone's going to make it out and then uh, like about yeah. 20 minutes you, you go like nope everyone's pretty much fucked actually i think so, the pacing uh, for the movie overall was really good as well considering how many mm. elements they were juggling they had to yeah. have that traditional horror feel as well as have yeah. this whole new element and i think that transition where they go down into the facility happens at the right time Mm. It feels well paced. Mm. It does, yeah. There you go. What about you, Dirty? Tell us your negatives, buddy. Um, okay, I I actually think the the it, it, 
I sort of forget that it is Cabin in the Woods, and it feels like a generic horror film at the start of the at the start of the film. Like you, you get the the movie opens up with you know Richard Jenkins and Bradley Whitford, and then it's you know character that title that title <laughs> when it pops up. Oh, yeah, that's got that's great. I love that. I thought that was like one of the best things they've done. <laughs> Just conveys like, the know, mood straight away. It starts the mood, but then the sort of the first third to first half of the film, you only get little speckles of Bradley Whitford and Richard Jenkins. Like, you know, they they go and get fuel, and there's the fucking you know sexist you know fucking hillbilly guy sort of like that, and doing the fuel station. And I'm like, All right, cool. And then the only part for me that I was like, fuck, just it needs a bit of a re- a bit of a redeeming moment is when they when you know the Mordecai, the fucking guy that works at the at the gas station calls up and starts you know reading bible quotes to richard jenkins and he puts it on fucking speakerphone and they're holding back their (laughs) laughter like i feel like it needed more of those moments to remind you that like yeah it's a horror film but it's also a and it's a slasher and sort of somewhat-ish gore film because there's i found there there was a sufficient amount of gore for me because you see a person get fucking stabbed with a unicorn horn and you know (laughs) a, a giant bat smashing through a wall and you get all these really gruesome and gnarly kills when you're looking at them on the monitor as well um but for the main characters you don't really get much gore um but it it, it needed to have more of those moments. Like, I really enjoyed the uh, the thought of it's like, okay, it's down to America and Japan to, pe- to please the gods. Japan has a 100% strike strikeout rate. They, they have no problems. And then, you know, these schoolgirls get, fu- you know, capture the this possessed ghost and turn it into a frog. And then we just have Richard Jenkins go, fuck you! <laughs> Couldn't even kill schoolgirls! So it's it's... That's what I liked, rather than just keep focusing on these characters that are supposed to die and you're not really supposed to care about because, you know, they're the sacrificial characters, you know. We we keep going back to them. I'm like, no, stop going back to them. Stop going back to the fucking guys in the bunker underground. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's probably look, the only real negative I have for it. There's this movie, um, I don't know if you guys have seen it, it's called Operation Endgame. And um, it's, it has a very similar vibe to the last sort of 20 minutes of this film. It's basically like a secret underground CIA agency kind of thing, um, just full of assassins. There's like 10 of them, and they basically get locked in this underground bunker, and they say, they basically say, only one of you is going to make it out of this thing alive. Everybody has to kill everybody else. And it's just, it's fucking great. It's, it's very, like, but again, it's kind of in that... Um, it's a it's sort of action comedy kind of thing. So it's it's trying to be funny but trying to be action-based as well. It's kind of caught between both worlds and it doesn't really hit that uh, hit either of them at the right tone. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I'd still, I'd still recommend a very similar vibe to Cabin in the Woods as far as, you know, like, playing on the tropes of those movies rather than being one of them specifically. Yeah, yeah. Um, other negatives really... <laughs> I, I can't really think of much. It, it's it's like the acting overall is pretty good. You know, I, I found myself caring about the the new sort of security guy for the for the room. How he's like he's calling people sir and he's he's very proper and stuff like that. And then they you know Richard Jenkins and Bradley Whitford just turn around just going no sirs here. Like this isn't the military. He's like oh but you know citizen does like to be called ma'am. He's like oh honey shoes and stuff like that. Like I. I cared more about that, but, you know, the acting overall was, was pretty good. I didn't find any character annoying. I found that the stoner guy was fine. Marty was, was fine. Uh, yeah, good point that Fuzzy raised that he gets stabbed in the spine and then gets dragged by the, like, the sickle or whatever, uh, a, a trough or something, wasn't it? And into, like, a, a bunkery thing and then blood shoots out. And I'm sitting there going, 
So how did how did he actually get out of this? I feel like he needed to be missing yeah. a hand or something. Um, but yeah, I I didn't have overly too many issues with it. But yeah, that's that's just me. Well, let's get on to the scoring then. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, Fuzzy, what do you think? First first movie for Halloween Spooktober. Spooky. <laughs> <laughs> so spooky. Um, <laughs> I, I I really like this film. I, I'd probably say, along with Ian, I've probably watched this maybe four or five times. I really enjoy it. I it hits all of the right notes for me. It's um, it, it has some good gore, but probably doesn't go far enough. It has some good jokes, but probably don't all land correctly. I really like the cast and the the tone of the film, and just that like again, it's one of those stories that you get to make up or fill in the backstory for yourself and there's enough questions that the the audience is left asking that you you want to find out and you want um, context for. Um, I heard, I read an interview about um, that uh, Joss Whedon was talking about potentially doing a Cabin in the Woods 2 and I just, I don't think it, there would ever need to be a sequel for this film. It's a nice one and done. There's enough in there in a way that they, they wind it all up. It just finishes in a nice little package and I think it's it's great to just hit that, that right tone um, yeah, for a one and done movie. Yeah. Um, so for this one, I'm going to give it a eight i think it's a nice good score yeah good film what about you mr footlong's monster (laughs) we need to write this down for i do need i do need to write down your horror (laughs) most professional episode ever (laughs) um this is dane dehan in the room (laughs) (laughs) um all right so i think this film um it, it, it doesn't do everything as well as it tries to by any means. But having said that, I don't want to punish this movie for being so original. Um, when you compare it to basically any other horror movie ever um, and also so many other comedy horror movies, it's it's idea its concept is so fresh and different if you haven't seen this movie we've spoiled the whole thing for you but i'd still recommend (laughs) seeing it because it's it's so original that i don't want to punish it by saying like the fact that probably at least 50 percent of its comedy didn't work um and its mood shifted too dramatically that it was kind of hard to embrace what it was I think the first time you watch it is it's a horror movie. The second time you watch it, it's a comedy movie. Um, and any time after the second viewing, I think you're probably trapped in this I don't know how to feel land. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a bit of a weird movie, but again, I don't want to punish it with that. So I'm giving it a pretty good score as well for its originality. And that is also an eight. Ooh. There you go. Ooh, Jesus. Ooh. I am surprised to have those spooky skulls come out of your spooky <laughs> holes. Um, <laughs> Please don't whoa, ever whoa. say that again. <laughs> Please don't talk about my spooky holes on the podcast again. Um, to, to Fuzzy's point, I, I don't think a sequel should be made for this film. I would accept a prequel because I want to see more of the American team or a spin-off scene. Like the, I think it was one of the fucking cities had a giant ape in the background and it came up with failed. And I'm like, fuck, I want to yeah. see that story. That'd be awesome. <laughs> um, 
I, I enjoyed it'll be better than Godzilla vs. King Kong I'll tell you that much <laughs> um, I enjoyed this film I, I agree with Ian that the first time you watch it it's horror with you know bits of comedy and then the second time you watch it you realise you know there's there's more comedy in it um, that you're you know not noticing the first time around then third time around it's like okay yeah it's a, it's, it's a mixture of both but it doesn't know what necessarily what avenue it wants to go down um, I, I agree with your eights but I'm probably just going to go with a seven like this film's good. I enjoy it, but it's it's and it's it's fresh and it's 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 great. But it's when it comes to say Halloween or horror films or slasher films or or movies to watch, you know, when you're having a, a Halloween themed party or something like that, this wouldn't be one of the films that immediately comes to mind. Yeah, um, I think it's a it's a gateway film into those as well, though. Like if you're oh, in, yeah. like, I I mildly like yeah horror films. I'm very selective about the ones I do. And yeah, this was well produced, which is you know very rare for most horror films. Yeah, um, it, you know, it's a has a good budget. It's well has acted. Has a good cast. Like good cast. Good writing. Yeah, it, it, it's an original story. Um, all sorts of things that you don't really get with a with ninety percent of the horror films. So I think you, yeah, you know, it, it's it, on those notes it stands out. Mm. And I think if you're yeah you know, if you're interested in getting into horror films but you're not quite sure, like it's a good way to get into those to understand some of the general tropes about horror films, and then you can start dipping your toe in some of the other areas yeah. as well. It's a hard one to score as well because I could understand anyone scoring this anywhere from like 5 to 8.5 and I would completely understand where they're coming from. Yeah. <laughs> You're totally acceptable. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, I get that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, look, I'll, I'll probably, yeah, stick within the 7, maybe 7.5 era. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it, is a, it is a good film. It's a different take on it. I like the idea that essentially every single horror film that you can think of can be somehow put, except for maybe Alien, because that's in the far-flung future and fucking space, but those, like, you know, the slasher movies, like, you know, Halloween and fucking all that sort of... Evil Dead, all that sort of shit like that can be wrapped up in this movie some... It can be tied into this movie some way because it's all... You know, the, the people yeah. choose their devices, who, what kills them by playing with something. But instead of being just the Book of the Dead, we're going to put basically every fucking thing in there and whatever they go to first is going to summon that, that thing up. So that's mm. what I sort of like about it. Yeah, I um, think if you really love horror movies, then you'll theoretically really love this as well. Even like like Fuzzy said, if you're a newcomer, it's really good because it introduces you to it. But also if you're a veteran, you'll love it because it's so many nods to things that you know. Yeah, yeah, and that, and that's the thing. Like, if you if, if you haven't seen a horror film before, when you watch this, and you go, "Who's that guy with all the buzz saws coming out of his head?" I'm like, "Well, he's a fucking inspired by Pinhead." So that person goes and watches the fucking Hellraiser yeah. movies and all that sort of shit. Um, yeah, so look, I'm, I'm just gonna say that that dude was creepy as shit. Yeah, just <laughs> what, staring that? at her. Yeah, just staring at the girl while she's in the. Yeah, that was just that was creepy. <laughs> that's Pinhead for you. I think basically. this movie is a gateway drug. <laughs> <laughs> it's like bath salts. It's a gateway drug. <laughs> yeah, it's a gateway drug. Yeah. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm going to go 7.5 for my score. So that's that's going to wrap everything up in a neat little Didn't package. Did you say 7 before? Uh, I'm going 7.5, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'll allow it. Yeah, you will. 
well, that is going to do it for the first of the Halloween Spooktober special Ooh. episodes of October. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> if you have a movie that you would like to suggest for us to watch, this movie, of course, came from the guys at Miscellaneous, or Mikalamu, as they sometimes call themselves for gags. You can find the thread page on our Shaken Not Nerd listener community. I've highlighted and tagged it at the top with the big orange banner of Spooktober that I threw together that makes it look spooky. Uh, if you enjoy this episode, you can leave us a review on the podcast. It looks like pumpkin spice. <laughs> Dude, I'm so fucking shattered. We can't go outside and it's pumpkin spice season. I fucking want one. What a shame. Learn how to make one. No. <laughs> no. Just picture me polishing a shotgun going, shame. <laughs> In a rocking chair on a porch for some reason. <laughs> Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, you can leave us a review on the podcasting app you're listening to, and we read them out on the show verbatim. So if you want to put some Halloween spooky words to put in there, fucking go for it. I'll read it out. I'll, I'll, I'll butcher it, but I'll still read it out. Uh, and again, if you want to... <laughs> Please put your full name in there as well, so Duty can butcher that as well. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, if I think you it's pronounced movies- Nick. 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 <laughs> Olis Cage. Nick Cage. <laughs> uh, if you want to suggest a movie, head over to the Facebook listener community. The link will be in the show notes below. So if you want to take a look at it, go for it. Well, this is Duty or uh, Duderella signing off. Um, boobs. <laughs> Spoopy. <laughs> uh, this is uh, Count Fuzzula saying, wah, wah, ah, ah, ah. Uh, This is Footlong's Monster saying, Hey, you doing? <laughs> Jesus. Chicka, chicka, Most baby. professional episode ever. <laughs> 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 Get broke.